I was in the shower and I kind of felt dizzy and a bit weird. So I just got dressed in a tracksuit or whatever and I said to my wife, you should call 911. I was sweating like profusely, like my shirt was like soaked. The paramedics showed up and took me to the hospital. With a cerebellar stroke, like I couldn't even open my eyes when I got to the hospital. Like, I think I must have kept my eyes closed for like 12 hours, even though I was like fully awake. But the room was like spinning, and so I just kept them closed. But the doctor thought at first, like one of the doctors in the ER, thought it was an inner ear infection. I had uh, physiotherapy, so I was like work on balance and stuff like that, and walking and had occupational therapy, which was more about like the hand and arm. It evolved, so I went to hospital on April 14th. I just had like balance and like other walking issues and I have ataxia. I was in hospital for a month. I came home, I was on a walker because I couldn't walk very well. I couldn't even look to the sides or I was gonna like fall over. It took me a while. Like I went from the walker to the cane, which in probably a month and a half, I guess. And I was walking unassisted after that. Hello, this is Mark Goodyear. It's Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. We'll hear from two survivors in this episode. First, Mike Steed from Ontario, Canada, who suffered a stroke at the age of 46. I was an operations manager for a logistics company, so it was pretty stressful. I have a 7-year-old and 11-year-old. Uh, seven is a daughter, 11-year-old is a son, and my wife. They've been great through this whole uh, ordeal, I guess we'd call it. I used to race bikes like years ago, and I played men's league ice hockey every Wednesday. And my son plays travel hockey, ice hockey, so it's been like really busy before my stroke. I had a cerebellar stroke, which is quite rare. I'm sure anyone that knows, there's not a lot of information on strokes in general on the internet, and even less on cerebellar strokes. I would say the recovery is probably the same. So I was 46, I was pretty active, but I did have a high blood pressure. And I guess during COVID, it increased. I was in the shower and I kind of felt dizzy and a bit weird. So I just got dressed in a tracksuit or whatever and I said to my wife, you should call 911. I was sweating like profusely, like my shirt was like soaked. So she called 911, which is the emergency number that we call. The paramedics showed up and took me to the hospital. With a cerebellar stroke, like I couldn't even open my eyes when I got to the hospital, like I think I must have kept my eyes closed for like 12 hours, even though I was like fully awake. But the room was like spinning, and so I just kept them closed. But the doctor thought at first, like one of the doctors in the ER, thought it was an inner ear infection. So it took like a few hours to get like my CT scan and stuff. And then they saw that I had had a cerebellar stroke. Mike was in hospital for a month. Most of that was like outpatient therapy, like I would normally go home on weekends. Um, but because of COVID, I just stayed in the hospital. I had uh, physiotherapy, so I was like work on balance and stuff like that. And walking and had occupational therapy, which was more about like the hand and arm. 
it evolved. So I went to hospital on April 14th. I just had like balance and like other walking issues. And I have ataxia, which is uh, your arm and leg kind of shake when you try to touch something. But it got worse like nine days later, it called evolving. And that's when like my speech was affected a bit. And I had like double vision for a couple of days, but that went away. I was in hospital for a month. I came home. I was on a walker because I couldn't walk very well. I couldn't even look to the sides or I was going to like fall over. It took me a while. Like I went from the walker to the cane, which in probably a month and a half, I guess. And I was walking unassisted after that. Probably took two months to like start walking unassisted. Although my walking is far from perfect. But I can walk like unassisted. My work, I'm working from home at the moment because I can't drive or anything. But I started uh, in July, so it was like three months off. And I started part-time in July and then uh, full-time in September of 2021. And uh, I've been working from home since. It's tiring for sure. Like I work and at lunch, I go downstairs on the treadmill for 40 minutes or so. And then back to work. And then I basically, on the weekdays that I'm working, I just go and lie down in bed and watch TV. (laughs) Not much quality of life for sure, but it's getting better slowly. Mike has made a strong cognitive recovery. I can work and answer questions and all that. No problem. Obviously, my right side is affected, so I can't type very well with my right hand. So... I do use my right hand every once in a while, but mostly it's left hand dominant. I don't know if it's the the stroke or the blood pressure medication, but I'm kind of dizzy all the time. And it's getting better, but very, very, very slowly. My wife always asks me if I need anything or if I want to go downstairs. Like we have a two-story house, like to get a water, a bottle of water. She'll, she'll ask me if I want her to go get it for me. And she's been great. Like she makes like all the meals. And if I'm working, she brings it to my desk when I'm at lunch. And, and the kids have been equally as great. Like if I need anything, they'll go get it. And they've been really good. I think at first they were scared, but I think they've like um, my oldest kid, who's 11, the son, um, I'm sure he's like looked it up and stuff, what it is and stuff. So he knows what a stroke is, where my daughter has no idea what a stroke really is. She just knows that I'm not what I was before. My daughter talks about it more like she's like, will the stroke away and stuff like that. So I'm sure it has taken a toll on them, but they haven't said much, to be honest. Mike thinks that although recovery can be a slow process, improvements can always be made. For a stroke survivor, I think you just, I guess, be patient. Like, it takes a long time. Don't be hard on yourself. You just have to be patient. And it's something, like, I struggle with all the time because patience is not something I naturally have. I'm a very impatient person. But yeah, I think like you just have to be patient. It's going to take like a long time to get over it. How far you recover, I I can't say. It's been too early for me at 15 months, but it is getting a little better each, I don't know, month or so. So just stick with it, I guess. And uh, you have to be patient. For uh, a support person, just you have to be uh, 
by their side and uh, positive and, and you also have to be patient. Like sometimes I find myself like repeating things or for me, like I used to do stuff around the house, like a lot of like home maintenance stuff that I just can't do it right now. Like going up ladders is not possible for me. So uh, as a support person, I would say you have to be patient as well with the, the person that had the stroke. This is Stroke Stories coming up. All year, like, I, I started to feel like a bit like mood swings and all that. I just encountered it for me being stressed about the house and doing it up and all that. I just felt like incredibly like down and uh, I'd get dead, dead angry. And it, it was weird. I woke up Saturday, August 7th. I was feeling like particularly down. In my internal monologue, I was like, oh, I'm going to die. I made the most of it and uh, I gave it the best shot I was going to give and I slowly closed my eyes and um, and that, that was it. The, the paramedics came over, blacked out on the floor. My girlfriend said, oh, he's having a stroke. I woke up, I think it was like the 16th. I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm alive. And then I, I, like, I, I couldn't move my right leg or my right arm. I was like, oh, I've had a stroke. I was on an intensive care ward for uh, two weeks and then I was transported to the Walton Centre's rehab, the, the Sid Watkins building. I did occupational therapy, physiotherapy, and speech and language every every day in the the Walton Centre. Apart from the, like weekends, when I got out of the hospital, that fell off a, a cliff for a bit. Like I was on the waiting list. I didn't see me physio till like January. Our second guest is Dominic Nicholas from the Wirral in the northwest of England. He suffered a stroke at the age of twenty four. I was a maintenance technician at a uh, well-known car factory. I was a, a mechanical fitter and um, I repaired all the machines that make the cars. I was in good health. I bought a, a house at 24. I was doing up the house. I was working as well. I dislocated me, me shoulder and I, I needed surgery on May 2021, so... I got surgery for that and I was off for uh, three months, just like resting and all that. My hobbies were like going to the gym. I was like really active. I had my surgery and then I was off for three months. All year, like I started to feel like a bit like mood swings and all that. I just encountered it for me being stressed about the house and doing it up and all that. just felt like incredibly like down and uh, I'd get dead, dead angry. And it, it was weird. I woke up Saturday, August 7th. I was feeling like particularly down. I asked my girlfriend what she wanted for uh, breakfast and then me, me, uh, me right arm went completely numb. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. My mate was there at the time. I said, uh, 
I think I'm having a stroke. And he said, you're not having a stroke. You're 24. I was like, I can't feel my arm. And then I started to repeat my words. You recognise that as a stroke. And I was like, um, and then he called the ambulance. I was I was just repeating, uh, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. My, my girlfriend was, like, really upset. And, like, I remember I was in her lap. And then I just remember my eyes uh, slowly closing. And then in my internal monologue, I was like, oh, I'm going to die. I made the most of it and uh, I gave it the, the best shot I was going to give and I slowly closed my eyes and um, and that that was it. The the paramedics came over, blacked out on the floor. My girlfriend said, "Oh, he's having a stroke." The the paramedics are like, "Nah, it's just a panic attack. It's just a panic attack." Like you know, a young lad like that. Nah, it's just a panic attack. And then I started to uh, throw up. I can't remember like all this like. Uh, I like I blocked out, but I started to throw up. Then the paramedics recognised it as a stroke. It got me to the hospital. They rushed me in and they did a brain scan. They discovered a an AVM which I, I was born with. There's no way to tell if you've had, uh, had an AVM if you don't have a a, a brain scan. They were like, this is like really serious. And like, uh, they, they told me mum and my girlfriend and my dad and all that. Like, uh, you know, this is really, really serious. So um, they, they, they phoned up there, the Walton Centre. They took two hours to, to pick up the phone. And then they rushed me to the uh, the Walton Centre. And then uh, they did a scan at the Walton Centre. And uh, my AVM uh, had stopped bleeding. A few days later, Dominic had surgery. I woke up, I think it was like the 16th. I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm alive. And then I, I, like, I, I couldn't move my right leg or my right arm. I was like, oh, I've had a stroke. I was on an intensive care ward for uh, two weeks and then I was transported to the Walton Centre's rehab, the, the Sid Watkins building after them two weeks. But I, I, I couldn't talk at all, like... My AVM was on the left side of my brain on the motor strip. So why I was feeling like that, like weird and all that throughout the, the year was my AVM was bleeding and then healing and, and then bleeding and then healing. It was pushing on my frontal lobe. And then that was why I was uh, having mood swings and all that. I was in the rehab for uh, four months. They, they said that I'd be in there for a year and then they didn't know if I would be like uh, able to walk again and all that. But like I, I just like pushed through it and like uh, didn't give up. And uh, the nurses hated me because they were like, get back to bed, you can't walk. And like uh, I'd be balancing on uh, one leg trying to get me me right leg to uh, work again. And then I got out in four months. For Dominic, returning home was a huge adjustment. I had occupational therapy, physiotherapy and speech and language every every day in the, the Walton Centre, apart from uh, like weekends. 
when I got out of a hospital, that fell off a, a cliff for a bit. Like, I was on the waiting list. I didn't see me physio till, like, January, so, like, a month. And it was only once a week. And then I didn't have any OT. I've still not had any uh, OT. Speech and language, like, I, I did uh, have, but it's not a, as regular. So... Me, me mum contacted the, the brain charity. They funded private speech and language. That really helped me talk. And like, uh, cause the, uh, the woman had like, uh, 20 years of uh, experience. And, um, the brain charity in uh, Liverpool has been like a really, like a, a godsend. Me not having use of my hand, it really is a uh, pain in the ass. Like, I'm recovering, like, every day. Recently, my shoulder's, like, switched on. Me surgeon said, like, you know, it's going to be a slow healing and slow progress, but, you know, as long as you are determined, then, you know, that's uh, that's what you're going to make out of it. If you're not determined, then uh, you're going to stay like this. So I am determined, so um, I'm getting better all the time. I'm feeling uh, hopeful. Dominic thinks that no matter how tough recovery seems, you should always try to be as proactive as possible. Stroke survivor is like, you, you can't lie in bed and like feel sorry for yourself. You, you, you just gotta act now. Like, if you've got a little bit of movement, then work on that till it becomes a lot of movement. If, if you're struggling to talk, like I, I've got a aphasia from my brain injury, see if you can sing. You know, I couldn't talk, but I discovered that I was able to sing. So if you can, you can sing, you can speak. The advice I'd give to a, a, a family of a stroke patient is be patient. Don't take what they say to heart and all that. You've just got to uh, keep on encouraging them because it is frustrating. You, you might lash out and hurt a family member's feelings, but it's just a symptom of the stroke. Thank you very much for listening to Stroke Stories. Please do recommend the podcast to anybody you think it might help. And if you can, rate and comment on the episodes you hear to help us spread the word. And if you are a stroke survivor or you know somebody who is and there's a story you can share, please get in touch via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.